Jazz aficionado and troll hunter Blue. Hey everybody, how y'all doing out there? Who is sitting in for Geo, who is still stuck in the storylands. That poor guy. I don't know if you guys remember the story from last week, but uh yeah, he got he got in a little bit of trouble with the store police and the story courts, and I think he's trapped in a to be continued story. Absolutely. We're gonna have to check in on him later, but for now the show must go on, Blue. Yeah. It absolutely must, and I think we've got some good stuff for you. So, what do you say, Jen? Should we just get on with the show? Absolutely. Right after this message from our sponsor. Dig it. Stick too much shit up, and that's how you make butter. I think it's made with a type of cream, and then they put food coloring in it. They put all the ingredients in one like big, like um, like this big like vase kind of thing, and then 
they turn it, now they turn it, they like take this like big stick and they turn it and turn it and turn it and turn it until it finally hardens up into like butter. Um, they have goats, uh, like under their belly they have like those teats and then they squeeze it and then they put it in a pail and then they take it to the factory to get butter. Um, I think it's um, from a cow, and then they make the actual butter in a factory. I think butter is made out of flour, which flour is made out of a kind of plant. I think it is made with water and salt, and then you froze it, <laughs> and it comes up there behind. It just goes, and then it just comes shooting out, and then... And then the farmer's like, bat, 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 and catches it with a bag. And he's like, yay, I buttered it to the market. <laughs> wow, man, that is not the way I ever imagined butter was going to happen. But a really, a real interesting visual there. Yeah, um, try and get over that, Petaluma. <laughs> try and eat butter next time without that in your mind. Happy butter and eggs. Yeah. Um, pretty amazing. And we have a pretty amazing interview coming up right now. Right now, um, Yeah, that's right. We here at Benedettiville, you know how we love to just trumpet and shout around out loud about all the people in the community who are the local champions of creativity and inspiration. Yeah, so because of that, of course, we sent a puppet correspondent. This time we sent out Rocco. We didn't send me. I'm too busy with the Guardians investigation team, I suppose. But we sent Rocco Blaster. Jenny, you want to say where Rocco went off to? Yeah, we, we sent him to Petaluma's Windrush Farm to interview Aaron Harris, a.k.a. Farmer Aaron. Petaluma, you may know him from his music, from his farm, his camps, or his giant chicken suit, but let's see what Rocco and Aaron talk about. Um, over to you, Rocco. Take it away, Rocco. Uh, what's up, Gio and Jen? Uh, thanks. I'm here with Mr. Aaron Harris. Aaron, this is a beautiful farm, bro. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me out here. It's the most beautiful time of the year right now. Uh, people on the radio, I know you can't see this, so I apologize, but imagine a beautiful farm with trees and flowing green grasses in the breezes. Is that pretty close? Maybe, and if you listen in the distance, you might be able to hear a sheep every once in a while. Oh, yeah, totally. That's beautiful, man. I heard some, yeah, it's... It's like birds chirping perfect. It is, it is an idyllic scene here at Windrush Farm. So, uh, can I call you Farmer Aaron? Please. The reason why I'm interviewing you is because you're a champion of creativity, imagination, wonderful things to do that are positive and, like, out in nature with animals and music and all sorts of stuff. I mean, yes, I love that. You know, we do have open farm days at Windrush Farm. You can come... And we have have musicians musicians come and play here, yeah. and then we have people come and play come to animal music with little kids come. So, um, dude, animal music. So and for animal music, I was checking that out because uh, it looks amazing. You like sing and play music, but then there's also animals. Um, you combine the two, but I'd like to know exactly how because do the animals play music? Um, do you play music for the animals, etc.? Questions, Aaron. So. Where we play during winter is in our barn, and the chickens are right next to the barn. So if we play a chicken song, a lot of the time when we end, the chickens will go, 
Chickens seriously cheer for the Chickasaw. Yep, and then cool. every day we sing to have the sheep come in because every night my mom calls in the sheep and my voice is like this. It's like, here girls, here girls, here girls. But my mom, they don't come to me because my mom sings like this. She sings, here girls, here girls, here girls. So they're only trained to come to her song. Gotcha. Yeah. So then the kids can help you with that. Oh, man, they sing it every time, and the sheep come running. That's and awesome. then we have feed for them, so we feed the sheep when oh. they arrive. And then in the meantime, you're just, like, belting out tunes and doing some dances probably? I don't know. Yeah, yes, yeah. exactly. But every, we've never had a bass player, though, which is a shame, huh? Well, dude, I know a bass player. That's me. I'm not try- I, was, I was trying to try and be sly, but I'm not going to do that. I'm... Uh, that could be me, dude. Yeah. Animal music with me on bass. You could shred. Uh, I have a question about um, not just animal music, but this entire farm. Uh, Windrush Farm, I believe. Yeah. I'm going to tell you. For this interview, I did a bit of research, bro. Uh, so let me tell you, my research found one striking fact about Windrush Farm and the Windrush Farm camp that people could participate in. It said you have a pizza party, bro. So... I like to say, sun equals pizza. <laughs> Best math class I've ever had. So if you're going to make cheese, yeah. the goat or the cow uh-huh. or the sheep yeah. has to eat grass. Yeah, yeah. And the sun lets the grass grow. Yeah. And then the sheep eats the grass. Yeah. And then we take the milk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We milk the goats. Oh. You know, and then we make cheese. Then let's talk about the dough. How do you get the, the dough with sun? sun yeah. makes the wheat grow, which is also a grass. Right, right, right. And it grows up. We harvest the wheat. Yeah. We grind it up. We make dough. Yeah. The tomato sauce, bro. Give me that tomato the sauce. Tomato sauce. The sun yeah. makes the tomato grow. Right. We harvest the tomato. Right. We put basil, which made, was grown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got to get sunlight on that basil, yeah. man. Now, our pizza oven is very special in that it's wood-fired. Yeah. So to get our pizza oven to 800 degrees, no way. we have to use lots of wood. Yeah. And the wood is a tree. It's got to grow. And the sun makes the tree grow. And we cut the tree down or the tree falls over and we fire up our oven. Yeah. And then, so every, oh, olive oil? Olive oil. It comes from a tree, an olive tree. Sun makes the tree grow, and we put good olive oil on our pizza. Witness me now, Aaron, bathing in the sunlight so that I, too, can be like to your pizza. It really brings out the sparkles in your skin. Oh, doesn't it, though? It does. Dude, I would say you're sparkling right now. Sun equals pizza. Yeah. So, on Thursdays, we have our big pizza party, oh. and we finish out. Every kid makes their own pizza. Yeah. Some kids even make two. Wow. Because gravity. Yeah. Because I, gravity sometimes. I understand how that pizzas works. fall on the ground. Yeah. But we can feed the pizza to the goat and start again. Goats like pizza? Goats love pizza. Oh, no way, bro. What about sheep? Do sheep like pizza? No. How about cows? No. Dogs? Yep. Yep. Chickens, big time. Chickens like pizza. Chickens are our number one eater on the farm. They are omnivores. They eat everything. I'm not trying to, like, pry, but you have a song about a chicken. And sadly, the chicken 
Sally the chicken died, Aaron. Can you tell that story? So, this kind of is a, it's a big story okay. about farm animals and giving farm animals names. Yeah. A pet is a different thing. Right. You know what? Uh, at Benedetti House, not a real big farm, but there were chickens. We had a chicken death this week. Oh, yeah, sorry. our chicken pepper died. It makes it harder when they have a name. Right? Oh, yeah. And yeah. that's one of the reasons why I sometimes try not to name animals because then my heart gets involved. Right. I love all my animals, but it, they, once you give them a name, it becomes something different. They become right. a part of your family. The story of favorite chicken really is about a city chicken like the Benedetti. Yeah, like, like little Pepper? Yeah. Little, little Pepper. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're, we're going to get through this. Okay. I'm Talking sorry. about it really helps, though. Okay. Well, we'll Sharing about. stories like this is helpful. Yeah, and Pepper probably had a lot, lived a good life while Pepper was alive. Pepper did. She was a champ. Yeah. Real I'm champ. Glad. Yeah. So, favorite, favorite's name was Favorite Chicken, and I warned its owners. I told them that whole story about, hey, giving a name is hard for, yeah. for, for livestock, for, for farm animals. Totally. And, and sometimes your most favorite animal is the one that... Yeah, it's like putting a target on it. Yeah, so... Yeah. Favorite chicken, that's what that song's all about, is gotcha. my feelings that sometimes when you give a farm animal a name, yeah. it becomes tough. Gotcha. Uh, would it be all right with you if we listen to your recording of that song on the radio show? Oh, I'd love that. Yeah, okay. Oh, uh, we're going to play it.
is when people come up and say, hey, I love this song you do. Yeah. And it's always kind of a surprise because when you make a song, or at least when I make a song, I'm really, first of all, making it for myself. Sure. And then when I put it out there, it's for everyone else. Yeah. But I forget about the everyone else part. Well, it's also like, it's not like you're cooking a meal, you know, where like you're bringing it to the table and you can like see the looks on people's faces. Like you make a song and you put it out there. You got no idea who's listening. Or, like, if they like it or if they wanted more salt, you know, to extend the food analogy. No, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I, so I'm always happy when people ask to hear my song or that they like my song. Yeah. And it's always kind of a surprise. So thank you for liking well, yeah. my song. Oh, and dude, in a time like this where we've just lost Pepper, it's a very helpful song. Okay. And a sick dance party jam, dude. Well, if it can be those two purposes. It makes me very, very happy. <laughs> well, it makes us happy, too. Uh, Aaron, I just have a few more questions for you. Okay. Because it's Butter and Eggs Day, right? Yeah. So, Butter, uh, are you for it or against it? Super for it. We have lots of butter in our house. Yeah, same here. But it never feels like we have enough. Because when you don't have butter, oh, it's such a heartbreak, right? It is. So oh, the driest toast. Oh, well, that's what I was going to say. In our house, we call it... Uh, uh, English muffin pops because of the sound that toaster make when it pops up. Oh, that's a good one. I like and it. so when we have pops, we go to get the butter, my sons, Alistair and Harper. Yeah. And if there's no butter, nobody wants the pops. No. Because it's, it's no good. Right? Yeah, it's yeah. Basically, you're just trying to feed people like sandpaper. So something we do here, and kids can probably do at home, is make butter at home. So get out of town. Yeah. You can make butter at home. Oh. And I feel like every restaurant, instead of having butter and bread on the table, they should make you make the butter at the table, and then you can make your own butter. So here's what you do. You take a jar, one of those jars with a lid. It could be an old, like, peanut butter jar. It yeah. could be a little uh, canning jar. Yeah. It could be a medium-sized, can, like a pint jar. Sure. The littler the jar, the better. Okay. Then you put heavy whipping cream, yeah. a pinch of salt, oh. and a marble. A marble? Into the jar. Get out of town. Tighten the jar because you're about to start shaking it. With the marble in it? In it, yeah. The marble is the 
Agitator. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, great band name. Yeah, but I was thinking, okay. you want to be in my band called The Agitator? Yeah, dude, The Agitator. Yeah, rad. Let's do it. Then you start shaking it. Yeah. And you shake, 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 and stop. Shake, 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 and stop. And you'll hear the agitator clink around, or if it's a if it's a plastic jar, it'll sort of tink around. Yeah. Different tone. Yeah. And then you'll stop. You'll stop hearing it. But that doesn't mean you stop shaking it. You keep shaking. You keep shaking. And the crazy thing is you shake. So you start with this heavy cream liquid. Yeah. And then it turns into whipped cream, yeah. which is also good. That sounds great. And then another liquid shows up, and that's buttermilk. So at no. the end, you'll right. have buttermilk and butter. So at the end, you'll know you're done when you have an island of butter and a surrounding lake of buttermilk. You could do that at home. Aaron, could I... I'm just trying to imagine. My, my mind is blown all over a breakfast table right now because yeah. I'm trying to imagine waking up, making butter and buttermilk, and making possibly the greatest pancakes that the world has ever oh, known. Oh, man. Super, super good. And there's something to be said about the effort of food. Yeah. So if you grow it, it'll taste better. Right. Or if you're backpacking, even some jankity jank jank salty noodles will taste best, delish. Best ever when yeah. you're out in the middle of nowhere. Because you earned it because you worked. So working for food. So that will be the best butter you ever had. Eggs. Yeah. For them? Against them? How you feel about eggs? Eating them. Totally for them. So uh, what's favorite way to do eggs, Aaron? The rock and roll egg? <laughs> you, you've caught my attention. The funkiest egg? Yeah. The most soulful way to eat an egg? Dude, you're just, like, I'm about to explode. The anticipation is a pickled egg. Um. So, the pickled egg is a magical experience. Tell me all about it. It is a twice-cooked egg. Twice-cooked. Once hard-boiled. Okay. Second. Yeah cooked in vinegar. I love vinegar. So it gets rubbery. That doesn't sound great right off the bat, but I'm so still listening. You put all the pickly spices you want, and it gets funky. You <laughs> <laughs> uh, peppers yeah. or like good funky. Dill. Oh, so funky, so, so like, good. Go. Yeah. And you gotta let it sit in the vinegar for like Two weeks. Two weeks is so long. In the fridge. Okay. And it's cooking the whole time. Yeah. And then it just becomes this rubbery, vinegary, hard-boiled, eggy, delightful piece of protein joy. Okay. It's man. so, 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 so good. Aaron, um, I've really enjoyed this conversation. Me too. I've really enjoyed your farm. Well, I think... Um, I think I'm just going to find a nice little spot, curl up. Yeah, it's like perfect nap in the grass outside on the farm weather. We also have a lot of mowing and uh, weed whacking to do. So I have a couple big tools that you and I could come out. It might not be good for your base hands, but, you know, it's okay. Yeah, well, work a little bit. I'm much more into, like, the napping part. I'll let you uh, do that weed whacking, Aaron. I'm going to – I see a nice spot over there in the sun. I'm going to just uh, snooze it for a minute in this beautiful, warm sun and pleasant breeze. And uh, I'll let the lowing of the cows and the sheep lull me into the land of Nod. I'll mow around you. Yeah, and, like, just don't do it too loud, all right? 
Uh, Aaron, thanks so much for this conversation. Thanks for coming to Windrush Farm. It's been my pleasure. Well, Jim and Jen, back in the studio. Back to you guys. Hey, uh, that was great, uh, Rocco, but you got to remember, man, Geo is stuck in the storyland, man. It's me, it's blue in the studio. I think it's hard when, when you're out in the field. He didn't, I don't think he, he wasn't quite aware that Geo wasn't going to yeah. be here today. Well, you know, Rocco seems like the kind of guy who's not aware of a lot of things, but let's let that just stand. And hey, Aaron Harris, thanks so much for talking to us. Hey, everybody out there on the radio, the Windrush Farm Camp is running most of this summer, and it's for kids 7 to 15. They got all sorts of weekly sessions, and you can sign up and get a lot of information on the Internet. Just look for Windrush Farm. That's all one word, Windrush. I'm going to start a jazz trio called Windrush, I think. Windrush. Yeah, that sounds super hip. Windrush. Way to go on that name. Windrush. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Aaron is also uh, the man behind Animal Music, which he does with Miss Heidi and Miss Dragonfly um, out there at Windrush Farms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's for kids five and under. So you can uh, locate them on Facebook. I know they have got a lot of flyers around town or find them on the interwebs. Yeah, you can uh, buy all Animal the Music. Yeah, you can sign up and get tickets for everything on, on the internet if you like to do that kind of thing. Um, all right, I think uh, I think it's time to move on to something else. Are you ready, Jen? I, I'm ready. Are you ready over there, uh, uh, Miss Emmeline? Yeah. Okay, well, let's do it. Let's, let's go. Let's on to the next thing. How do you like your eggs? I like them scrambled. I like to paint them. And doubled and hard-boiled. I like my eggs in the garbage. And a taco. Um, I like to eat scrambled eggs. And a pizza... I like them hard boiled. Um, I like scrambled eggs. I like them scrambled or like those, like those rotten ones that are cut like in half like that. Also, inside of a donut. Done. by the pound. No one else does that. Why? Because everyone else is dreadfully boring and dull. I sell eggs by the pound because I am the egg man and I have many, many, also very many different kinds of eggs. I eat out special eggs, rare and delicate eggs, eggs of mysterious and magical natures, the kinds of eggs that might or might not be invisible. I have an egg that you need to move with a heavy-duty rough terrain truck mounted 1,000 ton capacity crane. I've got the last known glass canary egg. I've an assortment of flying snake eggs, most colors and most non-poisonous varietals. I have an egg from the Colossus of Magovia. It's very big. If it comes from an egg, I either have it or I can get it. I just remember this. No refunds, all sales final. I can't put eggs back together, and I can't stick things back into eggs. So don't bring me your newly hatched giant scorpion crab back to the shop complaining that it tore up your garage. What did you think it would do? Have a tea party? Now, if you wanted to have a tea party, you should have picked up some miniature fiffle eggs. Those things love tea parties. I am the eggman. Eggs by the pound, eggs of all sizes, most of them round. I am the egg man, I've been fine and I've brought back eggs, they're my joy and my pride. 
find Eggman, my collection is rare. Today you'll find here that just can't be found there. For I am the Eggman, and it's eggs I adore. So all your egg lovers come down to my store. Yes, I am the Eggman, I sell eggs by the pound. Eggs of all sizes, most of them round. I am the Eggman, my rhyme here is done, so just please do remember. No refunds, all sales is final. Hmm. What kind of creature comes to mind? Like, what do you think of when I say an oviparous animal? What does um, it look like? In my mind, it's a taco alligator trying to eat a pizza. Yeah, pizza. I think it's um, a small animal. I think it's just like a cheetah. Um, I think it is a meat eater. I think oviparous means that you can fly. What do you think makes an animal oviparous? What does that sound like to you? I think an oviparous animal, it means like they can like climb on things like geckos or chameleons and lizards. I think it like has a special body that can do stuff that That's some of the animals can do. Wow. Uh, that's a lot of really good ideas, but I gotta tell you, uh, Janet, that Emmeline, I don't know, I don't know what oviparous means. Well, Blue. Emmy, do you know what oviparous means? It means a laying animal. Oh, Say that yeah. again, Em? It means a laying animal. A laying animal, exactly. Yeah, that's, I think I understand what, that's that, what, what that means. That's not what I imagined in my head. I'll tell you what, my imagination always goes first to something troll-like, and that was getting pretty spooky. Yeah, well, I wonder. Trolls are probably, I don't think trolls are oviparous, but but anything from a duck to an alligator, actually, wow, fall into the category of oviparous yeah. creatures, cool. right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, uh, I just wanted to let everybody in the studio know that uh, I think Robert Balls is on his way. Oh, yeah, he's oh. on his way, and he's loading in all sorts of crazy things over there. He's oh, going to yeah. do some painting. So uh, I want to take this opportunity to up. I think the, um, I mean, the, the safety goggles are under yeah. under uh, the desk. Put on the raincoats and, and the goggles. Put your helmets on and yeah, uh, maybe some gloves. Uh, watch out, though. He's going to – He's oh, it's looking like a doozy this week. Um, well, let's turn the studio over to Mr. Robert Boss. All right, okay? I'm going to get out of here. Yeah, everybody uh, take a break. Uh, radio listeners, enjoy. Welcome back for another episode of Paint Like a Robert Boss with me, Robert Boss. I can't tell you how happy I am to be doing my third show here with Benedettiville. Never done three shows anywhere before. Their studio is just so kind and welcoming, and it looks so beautiful with all the lovely colors just splattered and spilled all over. Just a warm, creative happy little studio they have here. Well, because this week has been all about butter and eggs and the lovely town that is Petaluma, I thought we'd paint a lovely landscape of the town today, okay? Just a peaceful little river flowing through a happy little town. Now, if there's one thing that I have a lot of, it's paint. But if there's one thing I don't have much of at all, it's 
patience. Most people will paint landscapes with all kinds of different paints on a palette and then mix them up a little bitty at a time and get out their little brushes and just dibble dabble their lives away trying to get some paint on the canvas. Well, friends, we won't have to do any of that today. No siree. Today I've gone and converted your standard consumer level flamethrower into a paint thrower. Yeah, that's right. Didn't take but an afternoon and some real fun time in the shed with a bunch of happy little tools and a little bit of luck. And now I've got myself a state-of-the-art paint thrower. So instead of a dippy-dapping teeny brushes into a palette, we'll just dump every color we want for our landscape into this here paint fuel tank that I have on my back. So just squeeze in every old color that you want there. Blue, brown, green, white, red, shoot, purple. <laughs> I don't know why not. Even a little splash of the alizarin crimson for good man. So take a minute, get all your materials ready at home, and then we'll get going here, okay? Now, we just need to start it up. And the important thing to remember with the paint thrower conversion that I did is never, ever, ever push this big red button right over here next to my thumb. That'll start the fire going in. Ooh, Nelly, nothing's going to ruin a painting faster than setting it on fire, let me tell you. Okay, let's get it going. Okay, once you got your paint thrower up and running, it's time to start throwing that paint around. Whew! Keep an eye on that paint stream because you never know what color or color mix you're going to get. Oh, oh, it's blue. Let's throw a river on there. Oh, and when it's brown, we'll get some buildings going. And if you don't want a color, you just put it any old place. Purple? I don't need purple, so let's just get a little bit on the ceiling up there. Oh, wow, but does this thing throw out the paint? Wow, it gets, gets all over, even if... Even if you're aiming real careful, like kind of gets all over your hands. It's actually pretty slippery there. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, no. Oh, now I've gone and done it. Whoa, my thumb slipped and I hit the flamethrower button. Well blasted. Here I was thinking I had just orange paint coming out, but it's actually real fire. Wow. Look at that. It really just, just love that oil paint. Just lights right up. Oh, wow. Wee. I'll just have to take my jacket off real quick and throw it on top of the flames, okay? <laughs> okay, here we go. <sighs> we got it turned off, and the fire is out. Now, remember, here at Paint Like a Robber Boss, we don't ever make mistakes or accidentally set our paintings on fire or anything like that at all. No, sir. Here at Paint Like a Robber Boss, we just have creative happenings. Yeah, that's right. We do it all the time. So let's have a look here. Here's a lot of smoke in the air still, but through the smoke you can see a nice river and some splashy, smudgy kinds of buildings, or maybe it's a bridge. I don't know. They could be trees. Anyway, it's just a lovely, happy little smudge of painting, all full of little creative happenings everywhere. Yeah, yeah, it's a very creative, happy, smoky burns on it. Let's just sign that with my nice little bushy mustache here real quick. Swish, swish, swish. Yeah. Oh, oh, there's the fire alarm. Well, I suppose we're just about done here for the week. I'm so glad you joined me today. We'll see you next time here at Paint Like a Robert Foss. Okay, too late, folks. Robert Boss. Oh. <coughs> wow, man, that Robert Boss is 
uh, he's really something. I tell you what. He's so, quite a creative, actually. Um, yeah. It's pretty amazing how he's transformed the space. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, well, he's some, some kind of painter anyway. Well, oh, I think it's time to get on to... Uh, we, Ladies and gentlemen, you, as we may have mentioned, uh, we don't have Gio Benedetti here, Benedetti, though, this week, because Gio has been stuck in Storyland. You might remember that last week he got in a little bit of trouble for not continuing that garden story. He left it to be continued for too long. Well, anyway, the story courts and the story police put him in a to-be-continued story last week in Storyland, and uh, he's supposed to be getting out real soon. And that's why I've come down to story court just now, and uh, I'm going to make sure that the Honorable Judge Hornswick remembers to finish the story and hopefully finish it with a real nice and safe ending. Because when we left him, he was in a forest in the Monster Lands, and uh, it seemed real dangerous. And we've been all real worried about that guy. Oh, 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 yeah, here comes the judge now. Judge Hornswick, judge, a moment of your time, please. Oh, Blue, <laughs> hello. I assume you're here to inquire after our dear, forgetful Mr. Benedetti. Yeah, uh, uh, yes, absolutely, your most hypnotist. Well, don't worry. His story should be concluding shortly. I'm sure he'll be back in the human lands in no time. Oh, that's great news. Thank you so much, your jazziness. Certainly, certainly. <clears throat> now, narrator, narrator, it is time. You may go on with the Benedetti story now. Oh, man, it's been so long and I... I haven't moved. I haven't even been hungry or thirsty. Nothing. I've just been stuck here watching this trampling herd of creatures come right from my little trees, frozen in time. What if it's been a day yet or a, a week? What if, what if I've been here for years and when I get out, Stella and Emmeline are all grown up? What if they're driving space cars to the moon for important jobs as, as space explorers? Wait a minute. That music. I recognize that music. That, me that means it's story time. It's story time. <clears throat> Indeed. It is story time. Wait a minute. What What happened to the last narrator? You sound different. You actually sound nice. I really hope you're a nicer narrator. No more storms and trampling monsters, please. When we last left our poor, forgetful, leaving his stories unfinished, Mr. Benedetti, he was a farmer in a farmhouse. And that farmhouse, ladies and gentlemen, was balanced on the trees of the Greybark Forest, on the edge of the monster lands. And what is more, a wild herd of razor-beaked rhinotaurs was charging straight for the trees in which he was balanced, crashing through everything around them. They were just about to break apart the trees in which the farmer and his farmer were farmhouse were balanced and send everything plummeting into a razor-beaked doom when we left them to be continued last week. It looked bleak, dear listeners. It looked grim. It looked rather terrible and frightening. And that is where our story begins. What's happening? Oh, oh, everything's moving again. I'm moving again. The, the, the beasts are moving. Help! The herd of rhinotaurs charged straight through the farmhouse of the trees. They, the trees were like toothpicks. The forest was a splintered mess. And the farmer in his farmhouse began to topple through the air, falling, falling towards the spiky, giant, mean-looking monsters below. Help! I'm falling and falling. 
just right down to the spiky mean looking monsters below. In the brief, terrifying <laughs> moments of falling, the farmer's life flashed before his eyes. It? Most of it was coffee, oh, music making, and goofing around, which oh, went by very quickly. Oh, oh. But the part where he left his story about the gardener oh, no. and the giant snails oh, unconcluded, oh. that part flashed before his eyes in a guilty, penitent detail. Oh, he promised never, ever to leave a story unconcluded for longer than his permitted time. Again, yeah. oh. didn't he? Uh, yeah, uh, yes, absolutely. I absolutely did. And also, could we do a little bit more of the flashing of my life of the, the pizza-eating parts? Those parts were really great. I would, wouldn't mind watching Just them. as the apologetic oh, oh. and reformed farmer was about to crash into the dusty, roaring herd of massive beasts, slip! great winged creature Whoa. plucked him from the window of the plunging yeah. farmhouse and swept him up in his giant talons. Oh, I've been swept up, and my, what giant talons these are. And you know what? They are rather soft and cozy. It was a pillow-toed sun swooper, possibly yeah. the kindest, most gentle, and certainly the softest creature in all the monster lands. Boy, did our wow. farmer luck out. Great. Yeah, you can say that again. Boy, oh. did our farmer luck out. As his farmhouse was crushed and trampled below, he was soaring way up high, free and clear and very cozy. Yes, the farmer lucked out. All right, all right, let's go on with the story. The wind whipped through the hair of the farmer as the pillow-toed sun sped through the skies, far above the mayhem of the forest floor, far above the monster lands. The view was spectacular. And the farmer was able to see the grand majesty of the storylands. Soaking in the incredible landscape, the towers, the fairy palaces, the dark cliffs of doom, the endless desert of Skareen, all of it surely would be remembered and used in future yes, stories. Absolutely. It's so beautiful. There's so much to see. I feel like there are too many ideas and stories popping into my head like it's, like it's going to burst. No, it isn't. Oh. Oh, the pillow-toed sun swooper dropped the farmer very gently in a meadow of soft and sweet-smelling grasses somewhere near the forest of song. A breeze of melodies tickled his ears. He wanted very much to run and play in that music-filled forest, to soak in the mystical harmonies and lyrics, to bring musical ideas back with him to the human lands. Yes, absolutely. That's exactly what I... That's what the farmer wants to do. But the farmer did not do that. Oh, what? He he didn't? I mean, I didn't? No, he didn't. For his time in Storyland was at an end. It was? His court-appointed sentence had been carried out. And it was time for him to go home. Well, but just before before I go, maybe just five minutes in the forest of No. Uh, a door appeared in the meadow, Ooh. hovering inexplicably before the farmer. Strange door. It glowed with a pleasant and familiar glow. Yeah, it did, but maybe just one minute in the forest. Just one minute. Before quick the farmer could think about going into the forest of songs for even one second, the door opened and he stepped through. The door, of course, led directly back to the radio studio in Benedettiville. And Mr. Benedetti, no longer a farmer, no longer wearing the overalls, stumbled through the door to the studio in his normal human land clothes. He was back. He was home, just in time to 
finish the radio show. What? The end. Whoa! Hey, I'm back in the radio studio. Jenny, come on. This is incredible. Is it really you guys? Gio, you're back. Oh, my goodness. Oh, we missed you. Do you guys have any idea what's been happening to me for the last, I don't even know how, how long has it been? I was chased by monsters. Yeah, exactly. That's what happened. Hey, is where's Stella? Is she? Is she here? Did she grow up? Is it in the future? Is she a space explorer on her way to the moon? Relax. She's at my sister's house playing with the cousins. Oh, oh you were in Storyland for a week. A whole week, huh? Oh my goodness! I don't even. You guys, that was. In fact, so. you are back just in time to finish the show. I am. Oh, that's fantastic. I am. It is really good to be back, Emmy. It's really good to be back. Good to see you again. Jenny? It's good to have you here. Hey. Do you want to introduce the next segment? I would love to introduce the next segment, I, but I haven't even been here. What is the next segment? Um, It's the average superhero vision. Oh, I love those guys. Uh, oh, oh, I see it here. So it looks like uh, one of the other average superheroes from the Ash Leaks Sonoma County chapter has uh, sent us a little uh, PSA slash commercial. Let's, um, let's get on to the next thing. On to the next thing. Yeah. 
podcast, ladies and gentlemen. That is the end of an episode of Benedettiville Small Town Adventures. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you next week right here on KPCA 103.3 FM and streaming live on the net at kpca.fm. Benedettiville is Geogen still on Emmeline. As Emmeline already said, I'm just repeating after her. All the stories, silliness in this episode were co-created by Benedettiville, and all the music that you heard was by, in order, King Missile, Aaron Harris, Natalie Merchant, and Benedettiville. Yes, special thanks in this episode to our guests and contributing voices. We have Josh, Stella, Amaya, Sienna, Alvin, Zarin, and Marielle from McKinley's first grade class. And we'd also like to thank Miss Leah Adaric for helping us with the butter commercial. And thanks so much to Farmer Aaron and Windrush Farm. Big thanks to Rob, Jared, and John down here at PCA, as always. Let's thank our sponsors, the Eggman. Thanks to Butter. Thanks to the Average Superhero Legion. And we would love to hear from you, and we'd love for you to get in touch with us. And Leah Tardman. <laughs> Thank you, Emmeline. Um, to find out more about Benedettiville and the workshops we're developing, the projects we have in the works, and ways that we want to collaborate with you, please drop us a line. Yeah, check us out. Mail at Benedettiville.com. Benedettiville.com in general, or you can even send us a message to our uh, P.O. box. We have a P.O. box right here in Petaluma. Yeah, you can just drop off a letter at the mail depot, and they'll put it in our box. Yeah, and if you don't know where the mail depot is, it's at 40 on 4th Street in Petaluma, California, 94954. So there's the address. You guys, it's been a total joy. I'm so glad to be back in Petaluma. And we hope to see you next week. We'll see you next week. Bye. So long, everybody. It's been a pleasure. Bye-bye.